Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your continued faithfulness. Amen. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ has tried to be destroyed over time. But it has yet to happen. Well, glory to God. I've been preaching on the subject of friend of God. So I want to go into part three tonight. It's 7.53 for those of you who are taking medicine. I want you to miss your medication. Trust me, we want you to be on it until God heals you. We want you on it. In the book of John chapter 15, we read the books from our verses 12 through 17 from the New American Standard Bible. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that this is my commandment, that you love one another, even as I've loved you. This is my commandment, that you love one another. I mean, I understand that's hard to do when you have EGR people in your life. EGR is extra grace required. And look at your neighbor and just say it by faith. You're not one of those. Pastor, I know I'm lying. Well, speak those things that aren't as though they were. Right? I know you're not one of those. Verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his what? Friends. He died. You and I. And he said, You are my friends. If ye do the things which I command you, which brings up a whole nother scenario. Well, do I got to do everything my friend wants me to do? Well, in the words of your mama, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you? Probably. But this is like no other friend that you've ever had. This friend is God, King Jehovah, the author, the finisher of your faith. Then he goes on to say, no longer do I call you servants. And this is my text. We've been on the last three weeks. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. Now there's there's an old saying that I'm going to try to remember. I'm going to get over here with the old guys so they can remind me. Yeah, here we go with the old. It's just factual. You're 80 years old. Right? That's not, that's not, you know. Now, if you were 70, that's not old. I'm praying that I look as good as you do when I'm 80. Amen. But there's an old saying that says that people who know how to do something will always have a job. 
But the people who know why they do it will always be their boss. Think about that. Well, I know how to do this. You'll go have a job. You got a skill. But if you know why you have to do it, then you might be the boss. So because the bosses all don't always sit down and explain to you why you're going to do this task. There's a bigger picture, right? He just needs you to move this dirt from that hole over there. But there's a bigger picture. He has a set of plans that he's looking on and all you see is a piece of it. And so the Bible says that no longer do I call you slaves or servants for the slave does not know what the master is doing but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that wherever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you that you love one another. There it is again. So I shared with you last week. Thank you, musicians. I shared with you last week that God redefines our lives. That God comes in and there's a defining moment where God redefines our life and He, I think it's my next slide, or my first slide, He enlarges, yeah, God wants to expand our lives till our lives become large enough to contain His calling upon our lives. Now, Pastor, I just, I'm not sure if I believe that. It's still true, though, whether you believe it or not. That God expands your life because He has such a call on your life that you've got to get big enough to hold what He's trying to pour into you. My God, somebody hear me. You've got to get big enough, mature enough that God can trust you with what He has in store for you. Brian Cutshaw says it like this. As a matter of fact, he wrote a book about it. That God's getting you ready for what He already has ready for you. The problem with some of us, now don't raise your hand, but have you ever missed out on a promotion because you didn't do the homework? Have you ever missed a promotion because when it came time for somebody to do this job, you couldn't go, I can do that. Sometimes we're missing out on what God has for us because we didn't do the homework. We didn't do, what, we didn't do the work that God wanted us to do on us, that God wanted us to do on our marriage. That, you, know, I, I, you know, Pastor Cash is over the state of Florida Church of God uh, MIP program, which is Ministerial Internship Program, and I can promise you there's hundreds of couples who've come through his um, uh, MIP program that they were not one was ready, but the other one was not. And you, you know, I, I, I'm like the old preacher that says, I don't wait to get ready, I stays ready. So I don't have to get ready. And so what is God requiring of you or what God is calling you to get on board with, to mature, to read the book, to do the work so that you can become what He has in store for you? Remember the missionary story I shared last week? When the guy was 
you know, he was just tired of working for God, and he went and cried and prayed and, and basically shook his fist toward God. And God said, the problem is, is that you've been working for me. He said, I would rather be your friend, so resign and go back home, go back to your business so we can still be friends. God wants to be your friend. He doesn't want you to... I, how many, let me just see, let me see who I'm talking to. How many in here were raised in, in a church or a system that taught you that God was just waiting for you to mess up? Only a few of us, all right? Well, the rest of you are, are, are a little bit more fortunate. You ought to be able to get this a lot easier than some of us. Because we were raised that God is just waiting to smash you. That if you make one wrong move, you're done. That's not the grace of God. That's the law of God. But the grace of God goes so much further than that. Now listen to me. Let me, let me, let me share some of this with y'all. The grace of God doesn't go as far as some of you push it. I'm going to turn around for this one because I don't want you to think I'm talking to you. There was a couple that came to church and They just wasn't living right. Let me just say that. All right, I'm going to say it. They were shacked up. They read the scripture about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they thought it said, her shack, my shack, and a bed we go. But anyway. <laughs> and here's what their response to me was when they wanted to get involved in leadership and ministry. Their response was, we do enough for God that He overlooks that. It ain't in there. It ain't in there. But I want to unpack this invitation a little bit more. I want to unpack it. This invitation that God has given you to friendship. Because God's desires are not realized just because they're God's desires. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. No, no, listen. The Bible said that he would not that any should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But there are going to be some who go to hell. Pastor, you can't judge people. I don't. That's right. He's the righteous judge. If I had to judge, there's some friends of mine that are burning in hell right now. Let me just go a little further, you know. I, you know, you're... Where's my wife? I need to be over here by my wife. Because I, no, I ain't got all my notes to keep me on point here. Not everybody who dies goes to heaven. You do realize that, don't you? Now, of course, everybody you know goes to heaven. Oh, they were a good person. They were a drunk. They were a good person. They beat their wives. They were, oh, they were just so wonderful. No, they wasn't. You ever been to a funeral? You're like, whose funeral am I at? That joker was so crooked, they're going to screw him in the ground. They can't even bury him. they got to screw him in the ground. 
But yet we all, because that's our coping mechanism, is we just believe that they're made it to heaven. And who knows, they could have. Because the Bible says, all that call upon the Lord shall be saved. So we don't know. So I promise you that when you get to heaven, because I believe you're going, some of you. uh, And when I get to heaven, there's going to be some surprises. First of all, I'm going to be surprised I'm there. Somebody said, somebody put on Facebook the other day, what would be the first thing that you do if you had one day in heaven? And I thought, I'd be looking for the heavenly embassy so I could establish that I want some asylum. I want to stay. I don't want you to send me back. I got political reasons. I got some other reasons. I need to stay right here. But I'm going to be surprised I'm there. There are going to be people there that you just knew that was going to be there, but they're not. Then there are going to be some surprises. You're going to, oh my gosh, oh, look at you. Cannot believe it. God. Lord, are you sure, Lord? Are you sure? Are you, you knew everything about this guy, right? Right? But he made it. All right. Well, praise God. Ah, man. I, and then you're going to think, I didn't have to be as good as I thought I had to be to get here. Wow. 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 But God desires your friendship, but that doesn't mean that he gets it. Because he desires all of us to be saved. But that doesn't mean that we get it. That's the invitation. God, through Christ, offers to the entire world salvation. But everybody doesn't receive it, right? It's an invitation. How many times have you invited somebody to eat and and they said no? The invite was there. Your intention was to invite them and have them pay for it, or either you pay for it. But that was your intention. But yet, not every invitation is accepted. And so God's invitation to, for friendship is not always taken. He said, and, and, and or of course everybody knows the most quoted scripture of all of, in all of history, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall, shall call upon him shall not be or shall be saved. But not everybody calls upon him. Even people who know about him, which, which just blows me away, if you know about Jesus, why would you not call on him? Why would you not, would you not have him? Rick, where are you at? Are we sure that one panel is straight? Looks a little off to me. But anyway, that was Justin. That was just for me. Keep me going. Squirrel. Poor guy's over here thinking, he's preaching right to me. Why does he keep looking at me? Anyway, that right there. All right. Some just won't believe. And if you were raised kind of like I was raised, it's hard for you to believe that God would want a relationship and a friendship with you. You know, I have several friends in my life that I can't believe they're my friends. You know, uh, you won't, many of you won't know who they are, but I have a friendship with a man by the name of Jaron Davis. Jaron Davis is a very, very famous Southern gospel uh, and, and contemporary music writer, and we, uh, we, he's a personal friend of mine. And I'm just like, I can't believe if you're watching Jaron, I can't believe you're my friend. Don't text me afterwards and say we're not. Um, <laughs> But I've got people that I'm just blown away. But how mind-blowing is it that God 
wants to be your friend. I mean, boy, that, that's, that's, that's big right there in my opinion. That God wants to be my friend and he wants me to be friends with him. And some people just can't realize that because they see it as sacrilegious. Oh, he's God. Now, you always got to remember he's God. You always got to remember he's God. You know, I, I play with my children. And we even jaw back and forth every once in a while. But they know that I'm still father. They know I'm still dad. So, I, you know, the only way that you're going to know the difference for yourself is to get into Scripture and see that God wants you to be his friend. Now, I'm not talking about goofy doctrine. I'm not talking about, you know, goofy doctrine. I'm talking about the gospel of love, of grace, of goodness that seems to violate rules. How many know what I'm talking about when I say that? Wait, you mean God loves me as bad as I am? Yeah, he does. God loves me and wants to be my friend, even though as messed up as I am. How many has ever became a friend of a messed up person just to help them? Amen. Yeah. I have that relationship with Bob. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Bob. I, no, no you, you just, you know, you, they don't bring a lot to the table right now. But you're going to invest in them. And eventually you're going to see some returns on that. That's, and that's the fruit. Listen to me. That's the fruit that remains. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine just uh, this week, and, and I was telling them about the old guy. About the two old guys that stand over here by the door that rides trikes to his church. And if you look on his vest, he says, These, this, one of those patches, I love it, says, this is my church clothes. You know? And, and, and what is so cool, to know them now, but to hear stories of how they used to be. That's the fruit of God. That's the fruit of friendship. And, and, and those of you who don't know Bob and Gypsy, or Bob, who, those of you who don't know Popeye and Gypsy, you need to get to know them because they're incredible guys. They're incredible men of faith and men of, men of God. Yeah. Have nowhere, no idea where I'm at, Mike, so just throw one up there. Yeah. All right. The invitation is to whoever, but the qualifier is who believes. And what I mean by that is, you know, has anybody ever offered you a gift and you go, uh, what's it going to cost me? I'm here to help you. Okay, how much is that going to cost me? Well, you know, it is the qualifier, what it costs you is he who believes. That's what it costs you. So you have to believe. Because friendships cost, which gives me, goes me to another little level. There are levels of friendship, though. You've got to recognize that there are levels of friendships, and God loves all the same, but not all have the same relationship with him. God loves the same. You know, some people are like, well, I wish I had that relationship. Well, if you would do what they did, then you probably would have the relationship they have. Right? God loves all the same, but not all the same relation, have this relationship with him. We know that the Bible teaches us that one disciple, whom the, the Bible says whom Jesus loved. And I always find this interesting. 
The only place, now help me, help me guys, uh, uh, you Bible scholars, the only place that I find that scripture that he loved John more than the other is when John said it. John wrote it and John goes, I mean, boy, how presumptuous. And John's writing, and the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> By the way, that was me, y'all. You ever think about that? I, I don't know. I just I go, well, somebody else said, yeah, he loved him real good. But I do know that, that he said that he had one that said whom Jesus loved. And this disciple, the Bible said, leaned on Jesus. The Bible said that he would lean his head on the chest of Jesus. And then there were three who went into the Garden of Gethsemane to help pray with him. So there are levels of relationship. You know, there, there's one level when you just go with your bud or with your spouse. Then there's another level when you go with a small group and then another level when you go with a bigger group. You know, I, 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 ride, I ride Harleys. I remember one trip that, matter of fact, we went to the Georgia line, me, you, and Jim, and Joe. And, uh, and, and I appreciated this. Because Jim, who kind of put the little trip together, it was only a day. We, it was just 300 miles, easy, easy, easy peasy. So we, we headed up there. But when he got this group together, it was just the four of us. Here's what Jim said to the, to the other two guys. He go, listen, now pastor's going with us. Just let him be Ronnie today. Remember that? He told me later. He said, don't talk church. Don't ask him spiritual questions. Don't, because you've got him to yourself, don't bombard him. Just let him be one of the guys today because I know that's what he wants. And I'm like, what? Really? I could just be a dude? <laughs> now, here's what most of you don't know, but I'm the same way with those three as I am with 500. I just have a little bit more time. But that's the way Jesus is. Jesus doesn't change just because of the crowd that he's in. He's still Jesus. And what I loved about Jesus is you know who Jesus made the maddest other than the devil? Is that he made the maddest the religious. I love that. I had a guy tell me one time, I invited him to church. He goes, well, I'm not religious. I said, me neither. I thought you said you was the pastor. I go, I am. Well, then you got to be religious. I ain't religious. He said, I don't like religious people. I said, neither do I. I said, as a matter of fact, I can't stand religious people. He goes, what? Man, you ought not say that. You're the pastor. I go, no, no. You're confusing religious people with folks who have a relationship. I love people who have a relationship with God, but I can't stand people who have a set of religious legalities that make them Christian. He loved all people equally, but not all people had equal access to him. Because you just can't do it. Listen, don't, don't, don't be upset. You know, I had, a, I had a guy that came to church, and he was a 21, 22-year-old something. We were standing right, I'll never forget, I was standing right there. And uh, he had been coming a few weeks. He goes, hey, Pastor, can I have your cell number? I go, for what? 
He said, I just might want to call you sometimes and talk. I go, no. He said, what? I go, call the office. Well, no, I want to talk to you. I said, well, talk to my secretary, and she'll get you to talk to me. But what if I want to talk to you after hours? Bingo. I don't have time to talk to 800 people after hours. Y'all do not want me to get up here and preach after that night. Right? I mean, so so people, uh, let me move on. I would, but I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. All right, so I, I know where I'm at. Hey, don't push me, Mike. I'm just messing with you, man. You're doing awesome. So, so Jesus had the one out of the three. He had the three out of the 12. And then he had 12. Remember the 12 disciples? And he would preach to the masses. But then to the 12, he would just talk to. See, that's what's so cool. That's, that's why we have small groups. Focus group coming up. You need to be in a small group. Why? Because while I'm preaching like right now, I don't, I, 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 you know, it's going to be very disruptive if we stop and go, hey, 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 how about this? No, but you can do that in a smaller group. See, Jesus preached to the crowd, but then he had conversations with the twelve. And that's why you need to be involved in a small group so that you can have the conversation. Right now, it's me preaching, but in the groups, you have conversations. He had 12, so he would preach to the crowd, but he had 12 out of that crowd that he would take alongside and then teach them things that he didn't, that, that would further unpack what he, would talk, what he was preaching in the main service. So, so the question that comes, give me my next one now. All right, I'm with you now. Let's go. Our response to his invitation determines access. Our response to his invitation determines access. Do I have a point two in there? Am I getting close to that? Later? Oh, Mike said, later. I want you to do with this one right now. Why are you waving your phone at me? Because I can do it on, uh, yeah, that's all right. I'm doing all right, Emma. Yeah, all right. So our response to his invitation determines. So if you don't accept his invitation, you can't get mad that you wasn't at the party. That's it. That's just in regular life. Listen, worship team. If you don't accept the planning center, oh no, I ain't looking past you. I'm looking at you. Yeah, you. You wasn't here, but you, when you ain't here, you still don't answer. Like 10 minutes before service, confirm, I'll be there. What? We have this system, if you're going to be a part of the worship team, that I, I send out, a, I, I usually send it out a week or two ahead of time. And all you got to do, is, and we do that with ushers and greeters, and all you got to do is just go, yes, I'll be there, confirm. Boop. But No. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to be there yet. Let me put this over there later. And then, like seven o'clock on Sunday morning, yeah, I think I'll come. <laughs> I've already replaced you. All right, let me move on. Ooh, I've been wanting to say that for a long time, worship team. Oh, 
Amen. Roy was like, yeah, preach. Because I don't do jack. But just wait till I get it. Yep, I'm there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. What's next? <laughs> what is a friend? A friend is one who is attached to another by affection. Now, I'm going to go straight up, guys. I struggle with that definition. Because when I think of a friend, I think about another dude, and I'm thinking, and oh, let me just go and tell you. If you married, your friend ought to be the same sex unless you. We don't believe in that same-sex marriage stuff here. I'm just telling you straight up. That's the sin. It's an abomination from God. It's just right just reality. I don't back up. I don't apologize. I'm not politically correct. It is the word of God. God made them male and female. And for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and they shall become one. All right. So, if you like this, there's deliverance for you. There is forgiveness. And I love you even if you this way or that way or any other kind. I still love you, but I'm not going to love your sin. All right, now, now that I got that out of my system, if you are married, you can't be having no close friend of the opposite sex. Period. Well, I just need somebody to talk to. That's why God gave you your spouse. Well, they just don't understand me. That's the devil. If you'd spend enough time trying to convince her that you as good as the other one thinks you are, But they just don't see the other side of you. They don't see your underwear on the floor. They better not anyway. Believe me, we move on. So when I say friend, you know, when I, I look on this front row, all three of these guys are my friend. I look at all three of those guys are my friend. That's my friend. I got friends all over this place. But when I think about a friend, I ain't going to lie. I struggle as a dude. I'm not homophobic. I, I've got I've got a couple of friends who are who who are who are gay, but we just we just don't hang out. Why? Because I don't want them to start looking at me kind of cross-eyed. Because I've been working out. I've been running, and I don't want them to think I'm doing that for them. Now, some of y'all like my wife's like I wish he had his notes. I'm just saying. But anyway, so I'm not homophobic, but I struggle. Any other dude in here, I struggle when I can talk about another dude having attached affection to another dude. I struggle with that. Yeah, a woman goes, what? It's a dude thing. There's no way. Me and Papa are going, hey, bro, what's up? I have affection towards you, man. It's going to be a fight. And that old man going to whip my tail. Big amen. Every, come on men, am I telling the truth up in here? Come on, yeah. Be a man. Quit being scared by your wife. Your wife wants a man. Anyway. So, but with that said... That's really what a friend is. What it means is even though I, and probably because I like Popeye so much, but not in that kind of way. 
I have no idea where I was going with that now. Yeah, ask Mike, he says. But because I, but well, I pick on him because I like him so much. I pick on people that I like. And you know what? I do. I look at you like a grandfather. No, I don't. I just look at you as a much, 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 much older friend. But anyway, but that's what a friend is. A friend, you like them. You have, and, and if you want to break it down to its basis, non-homophobic uh, 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 deal, it is you have affection toward them. Because if you didn't, it, the opposite of affection is dislike. That ain't your friend. There are people you dislike, and they're not your friend. You ain't going to want to hang out. I, you know, I, I like hanging out with my friends. Jesus called us to be friends. So get this, that he is attached to us by affection. He's attached to us by affection. Jesus entertains. He has feelings for you and me. and He respects you and me. Now get that. Jesus is really fond of you. Give me my next one. I love this scripture. Zechariah 2, 8, reading from the English Standard Version, says, For thus said the Lord of hosts, He who touches you, the apple of his eye. The apple of his eye. You know, listen, I have a grandson that is absolutely no blood. Absolutely no blood. But he is the apple of my eye. Now, some of you won't understand that until you have children or have a relationship that is not blood. I've got friends who are closer than my blood. That if, you know, if I got to move in with somebody, I would move in with them. I'm coming to see you. How you doing? Yeah. Hang on, man. He's texting me. He said, not today. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus called you free. Come on, get my next one. I, all right, point number three. That's it. That's the last one. So my wife's going, woo, thank God. There are costs to friendships, and there are benefits to friendship. Some of the costs of friendships. Is, you know, if you ever have a friend go, hey, what are you doing Saturday? And you're like, uh, why you want to know? Because it's dependent on what you want me to do. Right? I need help moving. Mm, man, I have a bad backache plan for that day. Right? Or why? Well, I want to take you fishing. You know, I happen to be free. I was going to help another friend move, but your opportunity is better than that one, so I believe I'll go with you. There are costs because sometimes friendships are not always easy. Because I don't know about y'all, but sometimes my friends get on my nerves. But they're my friends. They're, they cost. Sometimes they cost you to have to... Get out of your comfort zone and do things that you would not normally do. 
They cost you. Friendships cost. He's like, all right, move on, bro. I'm having a little too much good time today. As a friend of God, I'm devoted to his cause. So that's, there are benefits and then there are costs. Sometimes, you know, how many know, how many of you that you lost a friend because of a friend that you're with, that you, that you have a friend? You have a friend, that friend didn't like that friend, so you got to choose. Well, that's so third grade, but okay. <laughs> but now with Jesus, you do got to choose. You can't be friends with the devil and friends with Jesus. Why? Because, baby, being with Jesus is going to convict you so much. You know, it was like, it was like when I dated Sherry, my wife now, and, and my sister asked me, she introduced us, and she goes, she goes, well, how do you feel around Sherry? I go, well, Sherry makes me want to serve God. Sherry was so full of passion toward God that it made me want to serve God. So you get around friends that are passionate, and you become passionate about the things that they're passionate about. You know, I better not go there. Friendships cost you. What's my next one? My friendship with God is proven by the affection I offer you. And the affection I offer you is received and returned by Him. And what do I mean by that? The Bible says, if you want to love God, you got to love other people. And that was a struggle with me when I first started my Christian walk. Because I didn't like people. And so, you know, it, does, it wasn't that. And the, mo, and the people that I disliked the most was church people. And then he calls me to preach. And I go, really? Are you sure you know what you're doing? Because I can create some problems. And so I knew that God had called me to be an evangelist. That I, you know, just travel around and make people mad and then leave, you know. That's, that's what I thought. But then God began to change me. I began to really get saved. And I began to start loving people. And sometimes now I wish God really wouldn't let me love people as much. I wish sometimes I didn't care that you lived in sin. But I carry that. Why? Because you're here. And I feel responsible to tell you in a loving way that God wants you to be His friend, but you can't keep doing what you're doing and be His friend. How many people have you loved enough that goes, listen, I love you enough that I'm not going to let you do that around me or my family? Friends cost you. Is that my last one? All right, I'm done. Wow, what an anticlimactic, right? Man, Pastor, I thought you was going somewhere. I was. I was going to the end. You know, here's, here's, let me tell you something I've learned. I've tried to teach our, our pastors here. There's two things that people won't forgive you for. That's messing with their kids. You treat their kids ugly, it ain't going to be good for you. 
even if they ugly. And then the second thing they, won't, they will not forgive is you mess with their money. You mess with their money, you treat it wrong. They, uh, they can't trust you with it. They can't trust you with their kids. They can't trust you with their money. Then you've lost their trust. I've also learned that if you do something special for their kid, all of a sudden, you're Santa Claus. Oh, my gosh. They're just so sweet. They gave them a peppermint. Can you believe that they gave Yeah, they're free out in the, out in the foyer. Didn't cost them a thing. You ought to be thanking me. My friendship with God is proven by how I treat His children, how I treat His friends. You know, if you've got a friend, if you've got a really close friend, listen to me. My wife and I are close, and we're close friends. If you mess with her, she might get over it. But you mess with me, you're dead to her. (laughs) So... You, you know, because of their friendship, right? And you can mess with me, but you mess with my children, my family. Oh, it's, it's and, and, and most, you know, especially, I don't know why, but most southern men are that way. It's like, but, but don't be like this guy. Not, not this guy, but this guy I'm about to tell you about. This guy, man, I already went over it. Gee. Right. But this guy, this guy, he was Puerto Rican. Nothing against Puerto Ricans. But his mother had, or his grandmother had passed away. And he said to me, I went to the funeral. I was the pastor of his mother. I went to the funeral. And I went by him and I patted him on the back because I knew it was his grandmother. I go, so sorry about your grandmother. And he looks at me and goes, Pastor. His Puerto Rican, Pastor, why did this have to happen, man? I go, dude, she's 96. That's no joke. She was 96, and I'd been at the church for 20 years, and she had been sick on her deathbed for 20 years. And I wanted to go every day that she lived was a miracle, brah. But then here's what he said. Man, and he was a drunk. Man, I would die for my family. And I said, it was God. He said, I would die for my family. I love my family so much. I go, why don't you try living for your family? The dying is easy. The living for your family is the hard part. Jesus is inviting you into a, a, a relationship with him and a friendship that where you can live. Amen. Pastor Justin is going to come and lead us in the song, Friend of God. Hey, he got up too, didn't he? <laughs> He's in the back manning our, manning our production back there. So when I said, Pastor Justin's going to get up, he stood up. And lead us in friend of God, he said. He hates that song because he's not a friend of God. Amen. I want you just to bow your heads with me real quick. If you don't know Jesus in that friendship, 
and you want to, it's really easy to start the process. I'd really love to introduce you to him. I'd really like for you to ask him to come into your life. And he'll come in and forgive you of your sins and change your life. The invitation is that you invite him in. And I promise you I'm not going to have you come up front. I'm not going to, we're not going to take you out back, shave your head. We ain't going to do none of that stuff. You know. But if you don't know Jesus, but you would like to begin a relationship with him, would you just slip up your hand? And you can put it right back down. I see those hands. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that one. God bless you, son. God bless you, ma'am. Amen. Just pray this prayer with me, would you? Uh, William, just come back and give me a little something soft. Everybody, would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And today I accept that forgiveness. I accept the invitation to friendship with you. Help me to be who you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. And we had five people raise your hand. I want to just say to you, thank you so much. You've just made the greatest decision that in of your life. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.